Welcome to the Resistance SS Podcast. Here we will be discussing all things sports science and strength and conditioning. My name is Daniel Robson-Petch and I work with athletes, injuries and everyday people. Join me and let's change the game. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. I apologise for my period of time away. Things have been extremely busy with opening of our new high-performance centre. We've been managing staff, coming up with promotions and all those sort of things. So it's, today I wanted to take the time to get back into our podcast series. I'm hoping we can produce a few more in the next couple of weeks. Today we're going to go over the ACL rehab process. I think it's fair to say it's one of the most feared injuries in sport due to its long recovery time and lengthy rehab process. If you've been following our Instagram or Facebook posts in the last couple of weeks, you see that we've been heavily hitting the ACL rehab process. We've had a couple of professional athletes like Alex Rance and Tom Doherty, Aaron Phillips from the Adelaide Crows, all have suffered from the big injury. So it's a really hot topic at the moment, which I'd love to get into. I've done a bit of research before this podcast to show everyone that what we do at Resistance Sports Science is science-backed. A lot of what we do does come from the literature, plus our own practical experience that we've had with previous clients. I've done some research on the re-injury rates of ACL cases, and it's been found that up to 30% of ACL injuries will reoccur. And this is by a study from Grindham et al. This occurs in the first few years post-surgery. On top of this, 50% of athletes post-ACL surgery will undergo meniscus surgery, which then adds to the chance of developing post-traumatic knee osteoarthritis. So what does this mean for sufferers? It might mean that they suffer with knee flexion, bending down, squatting, lunging, uh, rotating as well. So these everyday movements can be quite painful, which is something we definitely don't want um, in our society ongoing. This can not obviously ruin someone's quality of life, but also an athlete's career. The same study found that 250,000 ACL injuries will occur in sport a year in the US. This is huge. From my experience, the people who I've spoken to years post their ACL injury, a large portion don't seek much advice past a physio and a surgeon for their recovery. If you're looking to return to sport, or even just want to be confident with everyday activities, like playing with the kids or putting your hand up for a social touch game, you need to see a qualified strength conditioning coach or exercise physiologist. My biggest piece of advice for anyone who's suffered from an ACL injury, don't just trust the surgeon's advice alone before you return to sport. A quick movement assessment, quad girth test, is not enough to ensure your return to sport is successful and you don't become a part of that 30% of athletes who end up back in rehab. A collective agreement between the surgeon, the physio, and the strength coach have so much more ground in giving you the tick of approval to return. What I've found that people don't realise is the strength coach and physio will work together to ensure by the end of the rehab phase, the athlete should tick off a series of tests with minimal difference between either leg. Well-renowned physio Mick Hughes created a fantastic ACL return to play checkoff list. This is something we use at Resistance. These tests will include such things as pistol squats to fatigue, single leg triple crossover hops, calf raises to fatigue, landing assessments, wire test comparisons, and even maximal strength, to name a few. There is so much that goes into an ACL rehab return, it would almost be impossible for an athlete with no anatomical or physiological background to rehab it solo. To go back to the study by Grindham, they mentioned that after passing a return to sport criteria, 84% of athletes return to sport without re-injury. Our resistance to go about passing these tests, we have a clear and defined outline to, before moving on to each phase. In total, we have five different phases, all of which target a certain adaptation, whether that might be strength, 
power or even force absorption and acceleration. So after an athlete has recently torn an ACL and gone through surgery, there are still sometimes quite a lot of questions for those athletes in regards to how do they even get started, what do they start with? My biggest suggestion is in that first six to eight weeks, your physio is going to be your best friend. They will ensure your range of motion and muscle function is returned. Activation of your quads and most importantly of VMO is a must. We also need to get you to full range, knee extension and flexion. Obviously it comes quite hard to exercise if you can't even bend your leg. So at resistance, we even use a complex machine, which is an electro muscle stimulator for the acute phase post-surgery, which is meant to assist with the physio. This keeps muscle activation going and minimizes muscle atrophy. Your physiotherapist will be your best friend in these first six weeks as they will ensure you're given very basic exercises and releases to prepare you for your exercise stage. From the six to eight week mark and onwards, your strength coach or exercise physiologist will play a really big part. Small basic exercises with hopefully some light compound movements will be a great start to getting back to baseline levels. Exercises I've used which have worked quite well are something like a TRX isometric lunge, Spanish squats, VMO football squats, and even leg press variations. These are all fantastic in this phase. If you aren't sure what these exercises are, go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page and I'm sure you'll come across them. The goal here is to build muscle again. So how do we do this? We do it with plenty of reps over and over again, creating a hypertrophic environment for the muscle to adapt and grow. Phase two should consist of general volume, loading through slightly heavier lifts, plus the introduction of very light plyometric exercise. And when I say intro, I mean learning to land from just feet elevated positions and trampoline pulses as an example. Adding main lifts like RDLs for eccentric hamstring strength and squats for quad and core bracing development are also essential. Having a limp and walking in a brace for six to eight weeks can also do some damage to your body's natural gait and function. By the second phase of an ACL program, this should be on the return with plenty of posterior oblique sling exercises, glute isolation, and movement technique drills. Once phase one of muscle activation and isolation and phase two of general volume and strength have been completed, we should see a great increase in muscle growth, so the size of the muscle itself. With this, we have, we've set a greater foundation for any other lifts going forward and for our general movement preparation. Having this base would set a nice foundation as we move into phase three of our ACL program. This is our force production and absorption phase. So what does this mean? This means you have a license to start going heavy and landing off elevated objects. Before we jump straight into heavy plyometrics, you need to learn how to land from a height. Because if you can't, what happens? Typically, an athlete will land hesitantly on the balls of their feet with a valgus collapse. How do we typically blow an ACL if it's not through contact? It'll be with a flexed knee and internally rotated femur or a valgus collapse. Sounds quite similar to our landing mechanics I was just talking about before. If we get these right at the start of a program, nice and early, we should have no issues and we're not developing these bad motor patterns ongoing. So phase three is all about developing our landing mechanics by the absorption of our posterior chain rather than just our quads and our ankles. By doing this, we take the load off our knee and we absorb it through the hip, which is a hell of a lot stronger. Once we then shift this movement from a cognitive process to an autonomous process, we can start jumping from high distances, landing, pivoting, moving through accelerated exercises and sprinting as well. Okay, so let's move along. Moving into phase four, this is our power and plyometric phase. 
This is when we use the strength built and our landing techniques learned to start moving some proper weight. We want to move it fast also in this phase. Power equals force times acceleration. In this phase, we're hitting both. So if you start thinking barbell jump squats, trap bar jumps, skipping, sled sprints, it should all be a part of it. Keep in mind, this should still be coupled with stability exercise. What we don't use, we lose. So keep those quads, glutes, and abs strong, and they won't let you down in the future. Our last and fifth phase is our sport specifics. This is definitely the most exciting part for athletes awaiting their return. Think jumping and being pushed in the air, as an example. Landing on one leg, accelerating through agility circuits, taking contact, and 100% sprinting. If you tick these boxes, then you're ready to return to your sport protocol. If you successfully complete this, well done, and best of luck out on the track. An important note that needs to be said for athletes returning, however, is don't just stop your hard work there. Two years is the danger period for ACL return to plays. Don't let your 9 to 12 months go to waste. Keep it going. Move heavy weight, change direction often, and keep developing your plyometric capacity. After these five phases, once you get tick from the physio and the surgeon and the strength coach all combined together, you should be pretty confident with your return to sport. We know we've done all we can and we've minimized any or minimal risk of injury again. Not only should you be physically ready, but you should also be mentally ready. If there is any hesitation in your mind at all that you're to go out there and hurt yourself again, then you're probably not ready to go out there. In the gym, you should be constantly working on that confidence, jumping, landing, sticking, twisting, being barged around, being pushed over. In training, I want you to sprint. I want you to change direction as fast as you can. I want you to take contact. It should all go a very long way in your mental health. What some people don't realize is injuries occur when people hesitate. They might pull at a kick and they might do their hamstring. They might pull off a sidestep, which means they're going to drive off their inside leg rather than the outside leg. This puts their other leg at risk of an ACL, which is also quite a high stat. Be confident with everything you've done in the gym, with your strength coach, with your physiotherapist, even when you're back at training, and you should stay really safe out in the field. I'll quickly just also touch on those that have had a long waiting period before their surgery. It's super, super important that you keep active and you keep your muscle alive whilst you wait for that surgery. This will keep muscle growth, muscle strength up as high as we possibly can. And once you return back from surgery, your return to play time is significantly decreased compared to those that sit there and wait. My best bit of advice for someone who's got a long wait time for surgery post an ACL injury is be confident in what you can actually do. You can still walk around, you can still squat, lunge, as long as it's done properly, of course. We can still build strength quite nicely post an ACL injury before surgery. So keep yourself in good shape, build your muscles still, and it will play a really big role in your return. Okay, guys, I'm gonna leave it there. Thanks so much for your time, and thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions in regards to anything I've gone over in terms of this ACL rehab process, if you've gone through it, if your mate's gone through it and you're still a bit unsure if you should return to sport or if you're strong enough to do daily tasks, please get in contact. We'd love to chat to you, whether it's over the phone or come down to the clinic down in Inogra. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk soon. Guys, if you enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love it if you'd go over to iTunes and SoundCloud and leave me a review and rating. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, guys.